0: Oh my God! What's that? Dude, no! Oh my God! Oh my God! It's it's the horror comedy podcast with Jake and Haley. It's Haley with the horror comedy podcast. This is the only podcast where we get high and I tell you a true scary story. Uh, Usually, we'd have this whole thing here where Jake would be like, And I'm Jake! And then I'd be all, oh, and at the end of the podcast, we'll check in to see if we scared you because you're so normal and don't like scary stuff. However, Jake is not here. Why are you recording when Jake's not here? Oh my god, calm down, girl. I'll tell you all about it. We actually did record... But I suck and it wasn't very well researched and uh, I don't know. I just really bungled it. And you know, last week I didn't get to put out an episode and I did not want to miss two weeks in a row. So I edited, I edited, I moved stuff around, I recorded some parts over again like where I misspoke. Because Jake did a great job, you know? He did his thing. He was funny. He was afraid. No, he actually wasn't. But anyway... (laughs) I just wasn't happy with the final result, so I was sitting, pouting, crying, thinking about ways I could punish myself for my wrongdoings in life, when the clouds opened and a little ray of sunshine beamed down upon me and directed my attention towards this email that we got. And this is an incredible email, okay? This is a... (sighs) the subject is my long ghost story. And it is long. It's long enough to be its own short little episode, okay? So that's what we're going to do today. Because here's the thing, you guys. I don't know if you know this about me. I am not chill. I am not relaxed, nor am I down to earth. I'm completely insane and neurotic, and it needs to be top, 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 top notch, or I'll burn it. Anyway, I really liked this email, it's a very scary story that made me think, and it involves a word you can't say or else you'll, like, manifest this evil demon, so uh, I figured Jake wouldn't really want to be a part of this anyway. The email reads, My name is Leticia. I've been listening since your Colorado days, back when you guys had really bad audio quality. Side note, we still do, sometimes. Sorry. She continues to say, It's been awesome to hear you all grow. I really love the podcast, especially on my walks home from work at night. I live in the American Southwest. I know Haley mentioned before the 37th parallel. Let's just say I kind of live close to that. To tell you my family's ghost story, I have to first give you some background. I've changed some details and names to protect my privacy. To start, my family is very traditional Catholic religious people. My mom wasn't even 18 when she met my dad and got married. They got together, they bought some land, and they hand-built a Pueblo-styled house, which was very big and beautiful, but also isolated. To give you an idea, they had 25 acres of land. It was desert, with thick bramble, trees, and cactuses. Big rocks, big hills, small, medium cliffs, plateaus, valleys, everything. Our house had a beautiful rock-faced hill behind it with thick desert plants covering the area and steep hills behind. My parents had dreams of building out more and more, getting some horses and some livestock, and eventually expanding to be a full ranch. They had two kids together, my older sister Anna and me. My earliest memories are of my mom sobbing and crying. My mom and dad kept trying and trying to have a boy child, and my mom kept miscarrying. This went on for years, and at least once, my sister says twice, my mom was far enough into a pregnancy to know it was a boy before she miscarried. Baby content was banned in our home. Me and my sister (laughs) were not allowed to watch the Rugrats. (laughs) That's rough, I'm sorry. Until one day, mom and dad started to talk about adoption. I have no specific memories of this time except that my mom stopped being so sad all the time, and for the first time, we were allowed to watch the Rugrats. When I was seven, my mom and dad started talking about bringing the baby home. He was a boy. They'd show us ultrasound pictures, and our whole family started to celebrate. I remember books and VHS tapes of shows and movies about adoption, and my mom and dad were both always happy to answer any questions I had. They let me and Anna be included in a lot of processes, like decorating the nursery baby blue, and they even humored our boy name ideas, none of which they chose. The first weird experience was the night they left to pick up the baby. I was seven, Anna was twelve. Back then, that was old enough to be left alone. Now, as a mother of a 12-year-old, I couldn't imagine leaving them in charge. But anyway, the plan was that my mom and dad would head off that evening to pick up the baby. They'd stay the night there at a hotel, and then they'd be back the next day in the afternoon. Anna and I waved goodbye, and after they pulled off, we ran inside. We planned to eat all the ice cream, build a blanket fort, stay up late but not too late, and then clean up the scene of the crime before they returned. Night came, and we were watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? and eating junk food. When I went to the bathroom, the toilet was by the window, and as I sat on the throne, I could hear a baby crying. And it sounded like it was coming from outside. It was super quiet. When I opened the window to get a better look, I could hear it more clearly. I did my business and then ran out to the living room to tell Anna that mom and dad were back with the baby already. She looked confused and we ran to the front door to peek at the driveway. It was empty. I told her what I heard and she said no fucking way at first, but I convinced her to come to the window to hear it herself. We both heard a baby crying still. Together, scared, we walked out the front door and stood on the porch. We could still hear it, but it was faint. It wasn't coming from the front of our house, it was coming from the back. We leaned off the porch and were both too afraid to go any closer. You'd think that your instincts would tell you to go help a baby who is crying and maybe stuck in the desert, but that's not how I felt. We were both scared shitless and didn't know why. The phone rang and we ran inside and locked the door. Our mom was crying again. Our dad took the phone from her and told us that the baby boy was actually a girl. We had a lot of questions which our dad answered. He sounded sad. They ended up naming her Maria instead of the boy name they picked out. We blasted the TV for the rest of the time they were gone and used the guest bedroom in the middle of the house. No windows. We didn't tell them because it didn't make sense. Anna told me it was probably an animal. Maria and mom and dad came home and they switched most of her boy stuff to girl stuff. But looking back, there are some pretty funny pictures where she's still wearing baby boy clothes. Bringing her home was the starting point for a lot of things. When Anna turned 13, she started to rebel. One day, her and her friends were exploring the land, which really meant they were sneaking off to smoke. They were way far out there, sat on some large stones, far away from the house, watching the sunset when they heard a distant whistle. Like I said, our land was very remote, to the point we never once saw someone out there we didn't personally invite. When her friends saw how freaked out Anna was, they started to freak out too, and they packed up their things in a hurry to rush back home. As they panicked and began to run, the whistling started again, but this time, it came from the direction they were running, and it was much closer. When Anna went to back up, she tangled her backpack in long cactus needles. Not wanting to damage herself or the cactus, she ditched the bag and ran, and she realized that her friends had ditched her, too, while she was struggling with her bag. She didn't know where they went, so she took off in her own direction. She said the whistles continued, only growing more distant, until she got close to home and it eventually stopped. She met up with one of her friends, but the last one of them was still out there. It was dark at this point, and they were really far out when it all started. They were too scared to go back alone, so they came inside and told my mom they lost their friend. I remember how mad my parents were that night, and how mad the friend's parents were, too. They all went out and searched for her, and they found her after three hours of searching. She was hiding under a cliff. She said that the whistling stalked her, and when it stopped... Someone or some bear was chasing her. She was so afraid that she wet her pants. She ran until she couldn't anymore. When she didn't hear anything behind her, she hid. She was really bruised and bloodied. She'd never talk to Anna again. The girl said whatever or whoever it was was huge and dark, and it looked like they had claws. That's why she thought it was a bear but why would it be a bear? We don't have bears out there. If it wasn't a bear, she said it was a really big person. Again, I didn't see it, and neither did anybody besides her, really. After that, we weren't allowed past the horizon of the house. We had to stay in eyesight. It was bullshit. Because we weren't allowed to explore, Anna got caught smoking more often and she would get in trouble, and then cause more trouble to circumvent being in trouble, leading her to get in even more trouble. Things were tense in the house. Maybe two weeks after the lost friend debacle, I found Anna's backpack stuck into a tree. I mean stuck, as if someone grabbed it and jammed the part with all the needles into the tree. It was right by the house in the backyard. At that point, I thought Anna was lying. My parents had this Anna is bad narrative and because of all the bad stuff happening I was starting to believe them. Did she terrorize her friend in the desert? Did she put the backpack there herself? Things were really really intense in the house. My mom was back to crying all the time. Me and Anna loved Maria which was lucky because my mom was depressed and we had to step in a lot to help her. Lots of creepy little things started to happen every day at this point. I can't fit it all, but here are some examples. Once while I was outside on the swing in the yard, I heard my mom calling my name. I got up and went to the house and realized it wasn't coming from the house. I went inside after that. Anna was woken up by a whistling sound coming from outside her window in the middle of the night. My mom and dad were not getting along. He slept in the guest bedroom. One night, he raged loudly and stomped across the house to Maria's room, which woke me up. As he walked past my door, I heard him complaining about my mom not taking care of the crying baby. When he got to Maria's room, she was peacefully asleep. Our longtime pet dog went missing for two weeks. We were devastated. He showed back up, skinny and bloody. For once, my dad said the dog could sleep in the house. He woke up in the middle of the night to the dog standing over him and growling and drooling on him. When he went to push the dog off the bed, it bit him. My dad threw the dog out the back door and it disappeared again. The dog was always nice, so nobody believed my dad because the dog's temperament was the opposite of what he described. We also never found its body or saw it on any of the Facebook found pets or SPCA or animal control websites. My dad's temper got way worse. Things were going missing in the house. My mom's depression was getting worse. Me and Anna believed we were hearing footsteps outside, especially at night. Sometimes we heard whispers or a whistle. My parents didn't believe us when we told them, except for one night when my dad heard it too, but he didn't find anything outside. We also experienced knocking sounds in and around the house. We lived like that for a year. The tension got worse and worse until finally, one night, Anna snuck out and fell asleep at her friend's house, meaning she failed to sneak back in. Our parents sent her away to one of those troubled teen wilderness camps. No lie like the Elon school you guys talked about. I didn't hear from her while she was gone, and it was beyond awful for her. With Anna gone, all I had was my fighting parents and my toddler sister. One day, Maria and I were playing in the backyard while our parents fought inside. Clear as day, and Maria turned to face the sound, so I know she heard it too. I heard Anna calling my name. It was coming from past the hills out of eyeshot, where 11 to 12-year-old me was not allowed to go. At this time, a new fear was there. Would I be sent off if I went where I wasn't allowed to go? But then it went from, Leticia! Leticia! To... And I could hear her screaming. Maria started to cry. I told her to stay put and ran out into the desert to help Anna. I followed the sound, past the backyard, down the steep hill, into the small canyon, over and through and under thick cactus patches and brambles and trees without noticing all the needles and things I was stuck with. But I got to a point where I couldn't tell where her cries were coming from and I realized I wasn't exactly sure where I was either. In my peripheral vision, I saw something big and tall lunging for me. I didn't even have time to turn my head, I just ran, and I started to scream for my mom. I could hear my mom calling my name in response to me calling for her, and she sounded far. I crawled under a big juniper tree, and shaded by the brush, I stopped to think. I couldn't hear footsteps, I couldn't hear anyone yelling, except for my mom, and I couldn't hear anyone moving closer to me in that moment, but I know I saw something earlier, and I was scared that my mom calling me could be another trap. That's how I felt. I felt trapped. After a while of calling for my mom and crying, my dad started to call out to me until his voice got closer and he pulled me out from under the tree. I was hysterical and a bloody mess, but I was still in trouble for leaving Maria when I got home. I told them what happened, and they didn't believe me. We didn't live there for much longer, fortunately, because my parents decided to separate, which meant my mom couldn't afford to stay, in that godforsaken house. I still don't have an explanation. Someone else lives in that home now still, and I'm far too afraid to reach out to them. It's sort of like walking away from a bomb. I don't want to look back. My sister is, quote, messed up, unquote. And those are her words from the whole experience. And she said the stress is what made her want to party, which is what got her sent to that troubled youth camp. She likes the podcast, too. I hope this isn't me being a podcast hog. You have my full permission to use this. I already changed names and details for anonymity, anonymity. Now, I enjoy scary things and feeling scared because I know once I pause the podcast, it stops. Unlike back then. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't follow the whistle you hear in the desert. Around here, people know not to say the name of what I think the thing was. Honestly, I won't even type it. But if you know, you know. Be safe, Leticia. What do you think? Are you scared? you can let me know on the Spotify poll with this week's episode or head to our social media on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter to let us know. Thank you, Leticia and Anna, also for sending this email, um, for telling us your story and giving us permission to share it. I don't want to say what I think it is. Um, You know, it's crazy because my best friend in the whole wide world, she lives in the freaking woods on kind of the other side of the country, and she has this cat she takes care of, and it's an outside cat, and one night it didn't come see her like it always does, and she could hear a cat screaming as if it was, you know, in trouble, not like a mating scream. She's heard that before, and it wasn't that, and the cat didn't come back for like three days. It came back in one piece as if nothing happened, and it didn't really act the same. (laughs) I think this thing is the same thing as that thing, okay? And it rhymes with Shin Talker. I didn't know you weren't supposed to say it, by the way. Thanks for that warning, Leticia, and thank you for listening to another very short, but very scary episode of the Horror Comedy Podcast. Like I said, I didn't want to leave you guys with nothing, but I couldn't handle the full-length one that we recorded. I thought it was so bad. I just didn't like it. I did a bad job. So, next Tuesday, I'll see you here, and Jake will also be here. And we'll see if we can scare him. If you have a scary story, send it to us at the horror comedy podcast, P O T C A S T at gmail.com. Uh, don't be afraid to be a podcast hog. If it's good enough and long enough, I might just make it a tall little episode. You know what I mean? Don't forget to drink water. Don't follow the whistles in the desert.